This is a Crossroads International Church podcast, bringing lives together. Please visit our website at xrds.nl for more information about us, our service times, and for other relevant resources. I want to start with a question. And it's a question that has lived with our staff, I don't know, probably for the last year or so. But Paul has introduced this tradition for our staff meeting. And there's a simple question. And he just asks, how goes it with your soul? And I love that question because it kind of pierces past everything. How goes it with your soul? And I find myself in a weird space reflecting on this question this last week especially. And on the one side, we're celebrating so many good things, right? We had our community Sunday. We were celebrating feasting together. COVID is hopefully behind us. I know it's not completely, but in a way it is. And we're celebrating that. But over this last, I can't, I can't even tell you, I think the last week, two weeks, the amount of people that I've spoken to that's just going through all kinds of hardships, whether that's, I don't know, illnesses or operations that they need to go through, things in their families, depressions, just people's lives are being pulled at the seams from my perspective and from what I'm hearing. And then obviously we all know about what's happening in the east of Europe. Devastating stuff. And the stuff all pulls at us. And in the midst of all of these things happening, we get to celebrate these kids and doing church together. How goes it with your soul? So this morning I, I thought maybe just to do a quick reflection on that. And to kind of come back to the place of, God, why am I here and what am I to do? And I want to read from us from Luke chapter 10. It is a very missional passage, but one I hope will tie a few things together and give us something to hold on to over the next coming weeks and months. Luke 10, verses 1 to, 13, 1 to 12, and verse 16, reads as follows. After this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them two by two ahead of him to every town and place where he was about to go. And he told them, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into the harvest field. Go, and just note the exclamation mark there. Some translation says, go now. I am sending you out like lambs among wolves. Do not take a purse or a bag or sandals and do not greet anyone on the road. When you enter a house, first say peace to this house. If someone who promotes peace is there, your peace will rest on them. If not, it will return to you. Stay there eating and drinking whatever they give you, for the workers deserve his wages. Do not move around from house to house, and when you enter a town and are welcomed, eat what is offered to you. Heal the sick who are there and tell them the kingdom of God has come near to you. But when you enter a town and are not welcomed, go into its streets and say, even the dust of the town we wipe from our feet as a warning to you. Yet be sure of this, the kingdom of God has come near. And then verse 16, whoever listens to you listens to me. 
Whoever rejects you rejects me, but whoever rejects me rejects him who sent me. Until there. Jesus sending out of the 72. Sorry, I just want to get rid of this thing. This is a passage that has lived with me for, for a long time. As a, as a student, my, my missiology lecture made us read this passage before every single class for a whole year. There's a lot to reflect on. And one of the things I love about God's word, you can go back to a passage again and again and again, and somehow God makes it come alive to us in our hearts. But Jesus sends out the 72. And what I love about this passage is he sends them to do what he is about to do. Hey, I'm gonna go to these places, but I want you to go ahead of me. You see, Christ sends you and me on his mission. It's a remarkable thing to think about. Verse 16 makes that really clear. Hey, if they don't accept you, they won't accept me. You are going in my name on my mission ahead of me. Remarkable thing, right? You and I are Christ's sent ones. And I love that it's the 72, right? It's not the the 12 disciples we know so well. It is 72 others who are not named. Because often I, I read these stories about Paul and James and the things they've done, right? But I can't see myself in those shoes. And yet Jesus picks 72 other people. You will go and be my missionaries, my representatives. Remarkable. And I love that because that is not just Christ's mission, that is the mission of the church, the mission of the body of Christ that you and I are part of, to go and proclaim his good news. And I love that exclamation mark in verse 3. Go now, exclamation mark. And says, don't even pack a bag or take sandals with you. Go now. There's an urgency, right? This thing that I'm telling you to do needs to happen now. There's no, no time to prepare or pack things. I want you to go. There's an urgency because the world we live in desperately needs it. To hear the good news, the gospel. A declaration of peace. A proclamation of peace, I should say. And I know, I mean, most of us sitting here are so aware of the things that are happening in this world. There are so many things that sit uneasy with us. Shane Claiborne, he he reflects on this and and he writes in his book and he says, When I ask God why all these things are happening or allowed and allowed to exist in this world, I can feel the Spirit of God whisper to me. You tell me why we allow this to happen. You are my body, my hands, my feet. There is something in me that when I see these things happening, it's as if the Spirit of God is nudging me. I need to do something. And I hope and pray that when you see these things happening in the world, whether that's your colleagues at work, your friends at school, or whether it's you watching the news about what's happening in Ukraine or anywhere else in the world, there's a lot of stuff happening. My prayer is that God is nudging and pulling on your heartstrings. Do something. I am sending you into this world. 
And I was thinking about these kids that we are dedicating this morning. And Karl Barth is a famous theologian, and he, he wrote that, he wrote about baptism. He said, when, when you are baptized, you are commissioned as a missionary for God. And I was thinking, when we were, I want to go a step further and say, when we are dedicating these children, we are committing ourselves and our community to helping these young people be exactly that, the sent ones of Christ into a world that so desperately needs it. I'm going to skip through a lot of things just for the sake of time. But there's a really a lot in this passage, and I want to encourage you to go and read it. But the first thing, why does Jesus send them? He sends them to proclaim his kingdom. It's really simple. And we sang it so beautifully now. God is a good God. And there we God reigns. Goodness surely must follow. That is really how simple that is. And when Christ came to this earth, something of God's kingdom broke through into this world. And he invites you and me to participate in that. To be his goodness in this world. I love it how the passage speaks of when they went, and the, depending on those people's response to them, the, they always end up saying, the kingdom of God has come near to you. Because God indwells us. His spirit is with us always. So when we go out into this world to be light, to be salt, to be goodness, God is present there because he is with us. So they arrive, they are sent, and they are instructed to say peace to this house. And just a bit of Hebrew there, shalom, I think you all know the word. Peace is, is not just a, a, a skitstillstand, it's not just a, a truce, a military ceasefire. The word peace is all-encompassing. What God is saying is, I want things to be in right relationship with myself, right relationship with your neighbor, right relationship with creation. It's all-encompassing. Things should be as God intended. And you declare it and proclaim it over these people. Peace. Beautiful thing, and especially in the world that we live in now. May we go out and declare peace. passage goes on and it says speaks of how they are to go the one it says as lambs gentle meek i don't know if you've ever been to a petting zoo and actually played with lambs or fed them lambs are extremely fragile in the midst of wolves and it's so easy for us in the world of wolves to become wolves ourselves but the instruction is to go as lambs and for me, that just speaks of a gentleness, a meekness, a humility. And I love if you read the scriptures, so much of God's power manifests in weakness and in humility, in the small things. And then it says, go without packing anything with you. Don't take a bag or shoes or sandals, whatever. Don't take things with you. And there's a, a few ways of thinking about it. But I, what I love most about it is that when you go to people, you present Christ and nothing more, nothing less. There's nothing that we can add on to make the message more enticing. Jesus is enough. Jesus is enough. And you and I have that privilege 
to be able to share that with the world and to become hands and feet to a world in desperate, desperate need. And I want to jump to the end of the passage where Jesus says, eat whatever is presented to you. Stay there eating and drinking whatever they give you and do not move around from house to house. And just contextually, food is so important. Within the Jewish religious system of thought, food was a means of excluding people. And Jesus says, no, no, no. The table is a place where we meet one another, a place of inclusion where others are welcome. And I love our upcoming series where we're going to talk exactly about that. Who are we inviting to this table? Because Jesus says, hey, go out and eat what is presented to you. Have feasts, have meals. I was thinking in the Afrikaans we use the word kair, and I have no way of translating it. How are we kairing men into the kingdom of God? How are we feasting people into the kingdom of God? I have no idea of translating that into Dutch either. Be gezellig. Have a face Right? Lekker. Um, but the idea is we need to have meals. Right? There's uh, John Ortberg. He put it so well. He says, when we meet at the table... Or those who we share a table with are those we share life with. And I just love that. May we, Crossroads, in the coming weeks and months, put that to practice. Learn to feast others into God's kingdom with a good meal. And I think just one thing there, what I love it as well. It says, stay where you are. Don't move from house to house. A lot of times when we talk about projects, we want to see how much we can do, right? And this passage has this kind of this idea of, hey, commit to the one. Hey, you're there. Invest in that relationship. And I love what Sean was sharing earlier, that we're doing something that is relational. And I hope all of our projects and everything that you and I do is something that we can commit to for the longevity of it. And may we, as we feast with others, Proclaim God's peace over a good meal.